Hello and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Double Double Podcast. I'm your host, Ty Hepting. With me, I have my twin brother and co-host, Charlie Hepting. It's good. This is an NBA podcast where we do things a little differently. Each of us bring our takes without telling the other what they are. This will lead to natural conversations and debates about the NBA. We'll cover most eras, not just the modern era, along with talking about draft prospects and uh, even possible high school prospects. Let's get underway. In transition, Wade finds James! Grab that and put it under your Christmas tree. They do have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! It's off the Leonard. Defended by Simmons. Is this the dagger? Okay, we'll start it out talking about Jamal Murray tearing his ACL in the last 50 seconds, basically garbage time against the Warriors. I think they were down seven when it happened, not much of a chance to come back. Uh, This is a huge loss for the Nuggets. They had won 12 of the last 15, including wins over the 76ers, Clippers, and two over the Spurs. The two over the Spurs might not seem big because the Spurs aren't great this year, but they are important for playoff seeding. Uh, even though Jokic is their best player without Murray, I believe they're out of finals contention and even contention in making a long playoff run. Yeah, I agree. It sucks to see anyone get hurt, but when you see a player like this, who especially last year had such a significant impact in the playoffs making them a threat, beating the Clippers and even contesting the Lakers before their championship win. But without Murray, I just I don't see the Nuggets having enough talent surrounding Jokic to compete in such a stacked Western Conference. Even with trading for Aaron Gordon and making those moves during the trade deadline, without Murray, they don't have... Like, Jokic can run the point as a big, but he doesn't run the point as efficiently as someone as Jamal Murray does. Jamal this year is averaging four assists a game along with his 21 points and creates the opportunities for Jokic in the post, which leads to a lot of his assists. So I think it's just a huge loss for the Nuggets, and it's going to be hard for them to bounce back from it. I think they'll still make the playoffs, most likely stay in the, the high-seeded areas. I don't see him falling because Jokic can carry him. He's, an M- he's, I, he's my MVP so far because all the injuries this year. He's my MVP so far. He can carry them to like the five or the six, possibly the seven if they fall. Even more than I'd think so, but I, I don't see them winning a series in the playoffs with how stacked the West is this year. Yeah, unless Porzingis gets healthy and the Trailblazers are able to stay healthy, I will see him stay in at least six or five seed. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, we don't think that they'll be able to make a run in the playoffs, but to see if Aaron Gordon can make the leap that everyone wants him to for so many years people were saying he was going to break out on the magic and now he's in a new place better teammates most would agree a better organization and now with a primary shot creator gone he'll have to step up and take a bigger role and we'll see how he can handle that 
there's a lot of guys on that team that I, I hope to see with role, increased roles them perform better, including Michael Porter Jr. and uh, even possibly uh, Companzo. He's the, he plays a good amount now, and he, he has have a pretty decent impact on him, but I like him as a player, and I hope to see him create more for that team and make a better name for himself. Yeah, you'll definitely see an increase in usage with Michael Porter Jr. and definitely with Jokic. Um, I heard, I can't remember who they were, trying to find that now, three possible options for that the Nuggets were looking to sign, all point guards. Here they are. Um, Austin Rivers, Gerald Green, and Troy Daniels all looking to sign all three of them, or one of the three of them, sorry, to try and replace that Murray spot. Obviously, they're not going to replace them, but they do need more depth at the guard position. I think of those options, yeah, they're not great options. I would probably go... Gerald Green over Austin Rivers. I don't really know much about Troy Daniels, but I'm pretty sure Gerald Green had, he, last time he played was with the Rockets, he had a pretty good performance with the team. He obviously doesn't score much, and but he plays good defense. He, he'll be a decent rotational player for the Nuggets. Uh, I would be interested to see what Austin Rivers could do. He was with the Knicks for a while, but he's not a part of their future. They're obviously looking to develop guys like Barrett and quickly so he's no longer on their team but then they could use just a more solidified just player like no question marks about him you're going to get what you know you're going to get I'm looking at the rest of their roster and they really just don't have any other options Monte Morris and PJ Dozier besides Compazzo I don't see any of them as a good enough player to help them compete yeah they aren't deep at the uh, point guard position which brings us into our next topic. They are, I would be surprised, would not be surprised, sorry, if they signed Isaiah Thomas. As the Pelicans have announced that they're not going to immediately pick up his deal after this, the 10 day contract is over. I think that Isaiah Thomas is a, a veteran that can help develop guys like PJ Dozier that could possibly have a decent future. Develop guys like Composo who have a pretty have an increasingly large role. While he doesn't play defense, obviously he's small. He has turnover problems, and he isn't scoring like he did in uh, Boston. He still he's still capable of playing the game of basketball. And for a team that's struggling so much at the point guard position, I think that I think that they should sign him. I would disagree with that. Thomas hasn't had. A good year outside of his system in Boston. He hasn't been able to run the position that they need the point guard to run in this system. In Boston, he was the guy. He was getting the shots up. He could shoot as much as he want, and there was no issue. When you have someone like Jokic, who's an MVP caliber player, you can't be that type of player, especially if you're coming off the bench. He can't play defense. People would say he's a veteran leader, veteran leadership, but he hasn't really done much to consider him to consider him over other people like that. Like, if you really want leadership, there's someone like Jamal Crawford who is way above Isaiah Thomas in that stand. I just, I I obviously have a different opinion on it than you do, but Isaiah Thomas has proven he can still play basketball. Whether his capabilities defensively or if him not being able to take all the shots he did in Boston make him not play as well as he did, he's still capable of handling the ball under pressure getting the ball to Jokic. He's not going to score much. He's going to get the ball to Jokic and Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. and let them set their offense. 
let them run their offense. But without Jamal Murray, and unless you sign one of those other three guys, which I think Isaiah Thomas is just in that same category with them three, I think he's a great signing. I don't think he is a good signing. He struggles taking care of the ball like you really want a facilitator to. He shot two for six from three in his debut with the Pelicans, four for 13 from the field. I know that they were giving him a chance and he wanted to prove himself, but that's that's not good. And he already had a stint with the Nuggets. He already played for them. He did nothing. He was cut from them. I don't even think they got anything out of him. I think it's they just different. cut him. It's different times. He, it's not. He had even better chance to be good then because he was probably like the third best player on their team if he played like he should have, but he didn't, and that's why he's cut, and that's why he's not on an NBA team. It's different. He can't play like he used to. It's different times. I don't care if he can't play like he did in Boston. The Nuggets don't have a point guard. They don't. And they have one point guard with Capazzo, and they can have Jokic bring the ball up and Michael Porter Jr. handle it a little bit. But they need. Even if he doesn't play that much, they just need depth at the point guard position. There's a reason why Monte Morris is on their team and not Isaiah Thomas, because Monte Morris can do more than Isaiah Thomas can to help this team. Maybe he's not as skilled. Maybe he isn't as good of a shot creator or anything, but that's not what they need out of uh, almost playoff time signing after a tragic injury to one of your star players. They need someone that can just fill their spot and not turn the ball over, and that is not what Isaiah Thomas does. I think that regular season, for them to stay in those top seeds like they want to, Isaiah Thomas would be a good signing. When He can still score when they need scoring. He can handle the ball a little bit. And then when it comes playoff time, he can turn into Jared Dudley, sit at the end of the bench and clap for him. I, I really don't think Isaiah Thomas can score. He, he can shoot the ball. Jokic creates so many opportunities inside. They're sending double teams at him. So much You've got to spread the floor. There's there's other guys that can spread the floor and do other things better than Isaiah Thomas. Not Defense in, is the most important thing right now. If you're not going to be a star player, you got to defend. And you can get someone that can hit the three. Austin Rivers, he can play better defense than Isaiah Thomas, and he can still hit the three. There's, just, there's better options. Not saying he's not an option, but he's just definitely not the best one. Without even if he doesn't get signed by the Nuggets, I don't see why the Pelicans wouldn't pick him up either because they had him for the ten day contract. He scored ten points for him. Sure, he might not have played that well. His publicity for a smaller market basketball team that really only has Zion and Lavar Ball to get viewers. Like, why not just take him on the team? He doesn't have to play. I don't look at the roster or whatever. He doesn't have to play. It's it's good media for them. The Pelicans are currently a game back. From the playing tournament, they are one behind the Warriors. They're totally still in contention to make a playoff spot, which is really their goal with such a young team. At the point guard position, they have Lonzo Ball, Eric Bledsoe, Nikhil Alexander Walker, Kira Lewis Jr., Josh Hart. That's five young, talented point guards that are besides Eric Bledsoe, but everyone knows Eric Bledsoe is better than Isaiah Thomas. That's four point guards that are still in their younger days, still developing. And picking up another point guard who you can say is going to sit at the end of the bench, but he's still going to eat up time, reps, anything from these guys that they see in their future. And a team like the Pelicans, they're not looking about now. They don't care about Isaiah Thomas. They're all in the future. They have such a young core, such a young group. 
and they just that's they just don't need someone that age that has maybe two years of being a Jared Dudley left. They take just, him, take him for one the rest of this year. Why not? He can be there to men, not mentor, but like be a veteran presence that can show these young guys what it's like to play in this these games that they've never played in before. I would argue that they they. Eric Bledsoe can do that and still be their starting point guard, shooting guard. Depends on where they put Lonzo. Like, Eric Bledsoe has played in just as many, if not more, than Isaiah Thomas. Playoff games, game sevens, game sixes, closeout games, whatever. And you don't have to waste a roster spot and you don't mess mess, mess with the chemistry. When you're a point guard on a team and you're, you feel like you're an impact on this team and then they go out of their way to sign another point guard... They, like you don't no one likes that they feel like you're not getting enough out of they're not getting enough out of you and they feel like they need to find another option i just I see no i just see no harm at all in them signing isaiah thomas the pelicans are just they're not the spot i mean sure there might be a team maybe if someone gets hit with covid they're like we'll give them a chance but i don't see a team that really has a i think the hornets are a decent spot for them the hornets have both the I don't think they're very good, but like they have a greater future than Isaiah Thomas. The Martin brothers—they're they, not their guards. They play small forward and shooting guard. But um, there's there's really it's just a, all young core. Besides, I think Bismack Biombo might be the only player on their team that isn't young. Cody Zeller, Gordon Hayward's not young. Um, okay, so they have a few. They have mentors on makers new to the NBA, but he's like in his thirties. They have some older guys, but they have no uh, mentor point guards, per se. I think that Isaiah Thomas, I don't think he'd play. You obviously want Terry Rozier. You obviously want Terry Rozier playing. You obviously want Devontae Graham playing. You obviously want LaMelo when he's back playing. But, like, why Like why not have him there? Like, sure, Terry Rozier has played in these games that Isaiah Thomas has played in, too. But there's still no harm, especially for a team... They're in the playoffs, so they're not fighting for a spot. They're not giving up a roster spot, especially with an injured Lamelo, another point guard of the team. That's not going to make everyone be like, "Oh my god!" Like you were saying with the Pelicans, they're just gonna be like, "Okay, he's here because we're down a guy." Yeah, I just like yeah, okay, maybe they want his veteran leadership, which I personally don't think he offers that much of. Yeah, Lamelo's hurt. Yeah, they could use another point guard, whatever. Even though they still have three point guards that all get significant minutes. But Isaiah Thomas is not the one. There's other ones. We named three of them all who bring more to the table than Isaiah Thomas. I think that Isaiah Thomas would be a, a good addition to many teams in the NBA. Speaking of the uh, the old guys, another one of my takes read earlier today that the uh, Bucks are looking at giving Joe Johnson an NBA tryout. Uh, Joe Johnson recently had an incredible run with Overseas Elite in the the basketball tournament, including games where he had 35 points, 13 points, 9 rebounds, and a couple assists, playing some great basketball. It's not NBA talent, but it is still good basketball over there. In 2019, played in the Big Three. Hasn't, they haven't played in there since, but um, when he did play, he led the Big Three in points and assists. By f- He led points by 41 over Amari Stoudemire. Another old NBA player, so it's not like he's playing washed up. The whole, I mean, I'm already saying is pretty washed up. They're but washed up. He's still playing NBA basketball players. He also leads in four-pointers over Mario Chalmers, so he can still shoot the ball. 
There are a lot of teams in the NBA that just want a guy that can shoot the ball, which, yeah, obviously Joe Johnson can do that if he can hit a four-pointer. I don't know how deep that is, but... It's like right by half court, I think. Um, I'd love to see him back. I love ISO Joe, and I think he deserves a chance. Um, you said the Bucks are giving him the tryout. Joe Johnson, I've always, always liked him. You can't not like him. He didn't really do much to hurt anybody, do anything wrong. But I don't see him ever touching the floor. Like, yeah, or even maybe not even getting a contract. He, yeah, had good games overseas and in the big three. But, like, the big three is a league for people that aren't in the NBA anymore because they're not good enough to be in the NBA anymore. Overseas, I don't know if listeners will know who this is, but Des Wells scored 101 points in two games. This isn't, I'm not just talking about overseas. I'm talking about the basketball tournament with overseas elite he played in these games. Those are also guys that can't make NBA rosters. Half of those teams are like Syracuse, Bayheim's Army, all Syracuse players that can't make an NBA roster play for this team. So, like, yeah, he still has the talent to score, but I don't think he can do it against an NBA team. I would like to see him get signed, but I don't see him touching the court. And I just I don't see the Bucks. just – they just don't see him doing it. You don't get that much out of it. Especially a team like the Bucks, like you were saying, young people like a mentor. Bucks are a pretty well-established team. Like they got a couple young guys, but they've got people that have been through it all on their team. I agree. A veteran like Brooke Lopez, Giannis already. I'd consider him not a veteran, but he's been through enough to mentor younger players. I agree with the Bucks not being the best fit for him, but I just want to see him back in the NBA. I think he's good enough to play in the NBA. Most shocking thing about Joe Johnson to me would probably be that he didn't get signed before the bubble last year. In an environment like the bubble, where you had chances to pick up players, why not add a guy like that? You got a chance to add a, men- a mentor. He's not going to play. Everyone knows that. Everyone knew when there were rumors of him getting signed, he's not going to play. He had just come out of the basketball tournament, so he had already been playing basketball. He's already in shape. He doesn't need to, so he can run and practice with you guys. Just pick up a, a nice old guy, sit at the end of the bench, be a mentor, be around the team when you only can be around each other. That really shocked me. There were other guys like Jamal Crawford that didn't get picked up that I thought should. Yeah, I agree that some of those guys could have made a difference in some somewhere so strange as the bubble. Young guys new to the NBA, and all of a sudden they're thrown into this crazy environment where they're almost forced to uh, up their game in – such a short period of time that a veteran leadership could have helped, but I don't see, even if both of them were signed then, neither of them would have stayed on a roster. Um, so another guy not in the NBA thinks should deserve deserve to be in the NBA. This isn't even my notes. I just saw it scrolling through Instagram earlier. Jeremy Lin is the only of the top 11 scorers in the G League not to get an NBA contract. I think Jeremy Lin, yeah, he had the little stretch with Lin Sanity, but he was on the championship Raptors. He's on, on the championship Raptors. He's played basketball in the NBA. I'm not and not using the veteran influence anything. I think that he could be he could be in the NBA. There's no he could still play in the NBA. There's no reason that he should not be signed to a team like the Warriors. Uh, yeah, they just picked up Nico Mannion to play point guard when Steph was hurt. But like, and you want a young guy, obviously. But when Steph's out, 
Nico Mannion's your only point guard. Maybe Brad Wanamaker at that point. Yeah, but still at that point, like Brad Wanamaker, Nico Mannion, and why not add Jeremy Lin to a two-way contract? Steph comes back, he can go back down to the G League, whatever. I just feel like Jeremy Lin could still be playing NBA basketball along with Joe Johnson and Isaiah Thomas. Um, sure, all three of those guys in in a, just a straight basketball game would probably be more talented scorers, more talented players than a lot of people in the NBA. But all three of them, especially Joe Johnson, I would say with Isaiah Thomas too, maybe a little less with Jeremy Lin than the other two, but still very true, is they've been through their prime. They, You know what you're going to get out of them. There's no upside. There's no potential or future with these players. And right now, if you're not a contender, which contenders don't need someone like this, you're looking to the future, and these guys aren't your future, so you're not going to spend the time on them. But you could spend the time, even if it's two guys instead of three in a rotation, you want those two guys to get as much exposure and chance to develop as you can. All right, enough on the old heads. You got anything in your nose over there, Charlie? Yeah, so recently, Luka Doncic voiced his concerns about the play-in tournament and was followed by Mark Cuban also not agreeing with this new implemented play-in tournament that NBA created for this season and for all we know could be more to come. So just a quick overview of it. The 7 through 10 seeds will participate in a play-in tournament where the 7 and 8 seeds will play at the 7 seed and whoever wins that game will be the official 7 seed for the playoffs. The 9 and 10 seed will play at the 9 seed and the loser, the winner of this game will play the loser of the 7-8 game and the winner of that game is the 8 seed. This will begin May 18th, finish May 21st. Playoffs begin May 22nd. So if you are the 7 seed, you could still, especially in the West, could still be a threat. The West is loaded. The 7 seed is the Mavericks. They could get healthy. You don't know what they could do. They could stun teams, steal a couple games, maybe not a series, but wear down a team maybe. And so that is a factor in the regular playoffs. But if you're the 7 seed, you play and you lose to the 8 seed, and then you beat the loser of the nine or the winner of the nine ten seed. You're going right into a series coming off of two games. You don't get the rest that the other teams are getting. And I feel like if you're the seven seed, you have done enough to make the playoffs, especially in the Western Conference. I obviously they're not going to do it in just one conference, but in the Western Conference, this difference between the seven seed and the ten seed to me is just such a giant leap. Right now, as it stands. The Mavericks are the seven seed, and the Warriors are the ten seed, and they're three and a half games ahead of them. But I also see the eight and the nine seed with the Grizzlies and the Spurs. I don't see either of those three teams competing with the Mavericks, and it's just such a large gap. And still, the Mavericks would have to compete in a play-in tournament, and I totally understand why there is concerns by the heads of these organizations. I completely agree. Seven seed should be in fine. I think that. The idea to give the 9 and 10 seeds a chance because of the weird season, shortened season, not as many games to make that push at the end is a great idea. Looking at the West, both the Spurs and the Warriors, I think they're on the same level as the Grizzlies. I yeah. think you can't say one team is better than the other. I think they're all at the same spot. I don't think either of them are going to beat the Jazz if they keep the one seed, whoever ends up getting the one seed in the West. But 
I think that why not give that nine seed a chance to play in that best of three series again? So I think they should keep what they had last year. Yeah, eliminate this whole seven seed gets a chance at the playoffs, get a chance of missing out on the playoffs crap. The seven seed's in. The eight seed, I get it, especially because right now in the West, the East, the the Pacers are the nine seed who are a game and a half back, correct? Yes. Uh, from the Knicks is the eight. That game and a half can easily be in a normal season. Last two games of the year with the games that we've missed. Pacers win both. Knicks lose both. The Pacers are in. The Knicks are out. Give those two a chance to fight for that spot. In the West, the Spur. How many games back are the Spurs from the Grizzlies? The Grizzlies are a game ahead of the Spurs. Who are The Spurs are a game ahead of the Warriors. And the Warriors are a game ahead of the Pelicans. So all of those teams are still fighting for that last spot if there was not a playing tournament. Yeah, so with a with a normal season, uh, I those team this could all change with those last couple games that we're missing. So give the nine possibly find a way for the ten. I don't really know how they do it, but find a way for the ten to get a chance to fight for that seed. But obviously, keep it like it was in the bubble last year, where you have to be within a certain amount of games. Because if it's just the nine seed, no matter what, and the eight seed is ten games up. And that the difference between out of playoffs and in the playoffs is such a drastic difference. They shouldn't have a chance. So I agree with Mark Cuban and Luka Doncic that this playoff system was poorly made and needs to be moved back to what was a great playoff system that they had last year with the bubble. Yeah, and the bubble, the 8 and the 9 seed played in like a mini-series. If you were the 8 seed, you had to win one game. If you're the 9 seed, you had to win as many games as you were back from the 8 seed. So if you're two games back, you had to win two in a row. This made it so that teams that were didn't get as many games in had a chance to still compete in the playoffs, but I still think it was a great competitive aspect to fight for that nine seed. It was entertaining. I don't think anyone really would disagree with that. And in the West, that would mean the Spurs, Grizzlies, maybe the Warriors, Pelicans would play in that little mini-series. But in the East, it would be the Pacers and the Knicks, which I would more fight for it because of the East, because the 10th seed in the East is the Bulls, who are a whole three and a half games back from the nine seed Pacers, and yet they are still considered in the play on playing tournament and could take a spot from a team that is significantly better and finish with a better record than them. Um, yeah, totally agree. Overall, I don't see a change in this. Obviously, it was already like signed, whatever, agreed upon. And for at least this year, they'll keep it. It gets the league more games. The league lost a lot of money over this past couple of years without fans, without tickets, without as much viewership. So this is at at the very minimum a small way for the league to make a little bit ex- an extension of the playoffs just by a little bit and maybe gain a little more money from what they've lost. Yeah, that's what I was about to say before you cut me off there. Uh, it's mostly just some... I think, personally, mostly just a money grab. They had a solidified way that everyone... There weren't really any complaints with the playoff system last year between the players. Yeah, the Suns were a little upset after winning their eight straight games in the bubble, but they didn't make the playoffs, but they put themselves in that spot in the games they didn't get to play before the season shut down. So I think it's just a money grab. Get more money for more viewership, while also including more competitive games that there are more fans to watch. The numbers state more people watch playoff basketball. The bigger playoffs, more viewership, more money. Okay, now time to introduce our first special segment, today's random question. I saw this the other day on Instagram somewhere. I can't remember who posted it. I got a question for you, Charlie. Uh, So 
Obviously, a hundred of you could beat LeBron James in a game of basketball. What number do you think it goes down to before LeBron James beats you? So obviously, LeBron beats you two on one. LeBron probably beats you three on one. Do you think you can beat him four on one? I think it would be a win for the four of me. Can run. I, I still think LeBron's scoring. Maybe I'll miss a shot, but I don't see LeBron stopping four people. I would like to say that I'm a pretty good shooter. Could spread the floor with one of me. Could spread the floor with another of me. And all of a sudden, I have a point guard and a guy on the block. And now LeBron has no way to guard all four. I but think I still think LeBron's going to score every basket. So do I start with the ball? Because I think I'm going to score every time, too. Uh, it's one by two. So then I think LeBron's going to outdo me just because of endurance. But I think five would be the four or five would be the number. Uh, when I first Traps. saw this question, I saw I thought about four, probably five. I think that offensively, it would be easy. LeBron could just try and stand underneath the hoop. You got that lethal, lethal little ball fake passes, ball fake passes. No shot clock in one on one, obviously. Well, it's not really one on one, but he's not going to be able to stop you. You can swing it out, shoot a couple threes, but. The hard part is finding the defensive number where you can surround LeBron that anytime he puts the ball on the ground, one of your little clones can just grab it. Another aspect of the question is who wins in a game of basketball? Your physique with LeBron's talent or LeBron's physique with your talent? I'm going LeBron. My physique with LeBron's talent. Yeah. I'm 6'7". I've got length. I'm 6'9 wingspan. And then all of a sudden I have LeBron's move set, which is... Even if he doesn't do a bunch of moves, he has a bunch of moves in his bag. And LeBron's build with my skill set, I don't play very good defense. I'm not good at using my strength. So I, I'm taking down LeBron, 6'7", six, 6'9". I, I think that's a pretty easy question for me and you just because we're, we're t- on the taller half and at 6'5 and 6'7", and we're lengthy. But it, it was more of a question directed to uh, like a smaller point guard at the high school age. So like a 5'11", 5'10", version with LeBron's skill set. Do you still think that this is still a varsity basketball point guard, so he's still skilled? Do you think a bigger version of him would win or a smaller version of LeBron? I think so, LeBron's shooting will just yeah, could I, help dominate it. He doesn't need – he could use his – Whoever moves. has LeBron's skill set is going to win unless they're you're like, Yeah, really small. So I think – it's it's pretty obvious there, but it's always interesting to, to think about those different scenarios, especially with one of the greatest players like LeBron. All right, now we got our section crunch time. And Sponsored this- by RKNK for all your bridge and uh, construction needs. In this section, we will make one prop bet. These will include over/under on points, rebounds, and assists. Specifically player props. We don't want to go too into like first quarter scoring. Those are a little boring. You can also have three-pointers made, other things like that. We will also pick all of the games for that night. For the listeners, we are recording this on April 13th at around 3 in the afternoon. So none of the games have started yet. Let's get underway. All right, so now we're going to go through the individual games first. Just a heads up. Today, the Nets played the Timberwolves, and the Jazz played the Thunder. We aren't going to include games like those where we'll have the same picks and the same takes when one of the best teams plays one of the worst teams. 
just even if we have other of the same picks in other games, we want to keep those on there because we might have different takes on why they may win. Um, so let's get into it. All right, first game, Los Angeles Clippers versus Indiana Pacers. Uh, I picked the Pacers. Um, if Patrick Beverly out, it's defense defensive uh, fall for the Clippers. Clippers drop one here and there. I believe Kawhi Leonard's day-to-day, whether he plays or not, will be huge in whether or not they win. Um, so I hope that my, the Pacers win. I think Sabonis will play well. Does most of the time. Brogdon, if he has a big game, and with Levert back, I feel that this Pacers team is very solid, and I think they can they beat a good Clippers team. Uh, I went the opposite way on this one. Clippers were recently named the number one team in the NBA, according to the Power Rankings, published by Bleacher Report. I You can't pick against them. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, who cares about Patrick Beverly? They have Rajon Rondo now. They've got Avika Zubak. He's not that good, but he's still a game-changing player with how much attention the other two bring. I got the Clippers in, in this one. Second game, Atlanta Hawks, Toronto Raptors. I'm going to keep this one quick. I got Hawks. I'm not a fan of the Raptors. I don't like the way that Siakam plays. I, I just don't think the Raptors got him there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think the Raptors... Have a good team. They're just not quite there. A couple holes that are, if they're filled, all of a sudden they make a huge leap. But the Hawks are a better team, better in most aspects. Uh, third game, Lakers, Hornets. Uh, I got the Hornets. Lakers beat up. Hornets playing well, pretty well recently. I think uh, some of those young guys we talked about earlier will step up and take out those uh, Lakers. Yeah, Lakers still probably pretty close. Who has the better roster, even with Anthony Davis and LeBron Hurt and LaMelo Ball, obviously. But I still got the Hornets in this one. Lakers recently had a big win against the Nets. I don't see them winning another without the two stars of their team. It's always tough to pick with those uh, great teams. Obviously, LeBron and Anthony Davis are out. But when they're in, it's hard to pick against them. But they're going to drop a few here and there, just so in the future. You don't always want to pick those, pick those uh, powerhouses. Uh, next game, Miami Heat versus the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns currently the two seed in the West. They've been playing very well. Best season in a long time. Chris Paul, huge difference maker. I'm sticking with them. Uh, as a Heat fan, it's tough to say. The, they don't play well against the Suns. I don't know whether it's playing against Jay Crowder after having him. Uh, I don't know if it's something Chris Paul does. I don't know if it's having trouble guarding Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. Uh, just the past couple games against them, they haven't really been playing well. The Heat have forced a lot of turnovers recently, and that's how they're getting their easy buckets and good wins. And I think that the Suns duo of Booker and Chris Paul, they don't turn the ball over much. They're two of the better ball enders in the league. I think the Heat won't be able to get those easy buckets. They'll struggle to score without all the depot. So I got the, the Suns beating my heat tonight. Final game of the night, the Boston Celtics and the Portland Trailblazers. Celtics not having a good season. Currently the nine seed, I seven. believe. Seven seed, sorry. They were the nine seed at one point. The seven seed, Trailblazers, the six seed. missed. We're missing on C.J. McCollum and Yusuf Nurkic for a while. Zach Collins still hasn't played. but So I'm going to go with my team. The Portland Trailblazers, I think 
Dame and CJ McCollum both have good nights. Neither of them are going to pop off for like 40, but both will put up probably points in the 20s, and then they'll get impacts from Cantor on the boards, Mello a little on the scoring, and then they can spread the floor with Norman Powell and other. Uh, I got the Celtics in this one. I think that as they aren't playing well, they got two of the best young talents in the league, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Kemba Walker plays well here and there. They only have a big night. I think their only real hole is with uh, uh, at the center position with uh, starting Robert Williams the third. I think that picking up a big center at the trade down line was, was big for them. Vucevic slipping through their fingers, that was tough. But I still got the Celtics pulling it out tonight. Throughout filming of this podcast, we will be keeping a record of everyone's picks between Charlie and I. We will have special guests sometimes. They'll make picks, but their records won't count as they're not here every time. We'll see who does better by the end of the year. And the prop pets will be included in this. And the way it works is if you pick a bet that is minus, so the odds are higher, more likely to happen. You get one win added to your record. If you pick one that's less likely to happen and you got uh, positive odds, then you get two wins. So we can move into our prop bets now. For my bet, I got uh, Damian Lillard, Dame Dalla, as some call him, minus 114 to uh, grab over three and a half rebounds. Um, I think that'll happen. I feel like when I first saw that number, I was like, all right, I feel like that's definitely going to happen. Had to grab on that one as soon as I could. I went a similar route. Ex-teammate of Damian Lillard, recently traded. Gary Trent Jr., minus 106 to grab over two and a half rebounds. Uh, he's he's a guard, yeah, but three rebounds, all he needs. It's not a lot. can easily be done. I, I think this one's a lock. Just looking at some of these other player props that I was thinking about choosing, one that caught my eye was... Uh, DeMontis Sabonis rebounds 11 and a half with an even lock of one uh, even line of one over minus 110 and under also minus 110. Which side you take in there? Uh, I'm going to go with the over on this one. Sabonis is playing the Clippers. He is missing his front court teammate, Miles Turner. Yeah, I'm, I agree with you. Miles Turner, not there. He's a primary big guy. He'll be in there getting all the rebounds over 11.5 there. Uh, just take a look at one more. These obviously don't count. In a uh, in that game that we were talking about earlier, the Boston uh, versus Portland game, do you have Jason Tatum over or under 26.5 points? Also at almost another even line with minus 106 for the over and minus 116 for the under. Uh, I'm going to go... Over the 26 points, he had his career-high 50, I believe, the other day. It was an overtime game. He did get a little extra extra time. But Portland, not a great defensive team. Tatum, obviously an outstanding score. I think he's going to go over 26 in this one. Um, I think he could be close. Obviously, I don't think Portland's got that great a defense. Not many people match up with Jason Tatum in the NBA, period. Not uh, specifically on the Trailblazers, but... So I, I got him going over. He's one of the better scorers in the league. Size, shoot, finish. We can do it all. That's all the time we got here today. Thank you to our sponsor, RKNK, as always, for your bridge and construction needs. Uh, we'll see you next time. This has been the Double Double Podcast. What can I say? Mamba out.